0: This week, Scandinavian Airline SAS Voyager Digital File Chapter 11. REERC publishes detailed Altera infrastructure organizational structure, fight over electricity purchase agreement rejection damages continues in Tallinn. Hello and welcome to the Reark podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high yield distress debt and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. We'll be taking a brief break from our weekly deep dive segment, but we'll be back next week with more premium content. It's Friday, July 8th. Voyager Digital Holdings Inc., a New York-based cryptocurrency firm and several affiliates including cryptocurrency platform Voyager Digital LLC and Voyager Digital Limited filed Chapter 11 petitions in the Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of New York on July 5th, reporting $1 billion to $10 billion in both assets and liabilities. In his first-day declaration, CEO Steven Ehrlich attributes the bankruptcy filing to a short-term run on the bank due to the downturn in the cryptocurrency industry generally and a default of a significant loan made to a third party, emphasizing that debtors are not filing a free-fall filing without direction, and the debtors have put together a plan that contemplates a standalone restructuring that the debtors can effectuate without a sale or strategic partner. Ehrlich says the plan effectively functions as a stocking horse proposal, and Voyager will continue efforts to engage third parties to act as a plan sponsor or to otherwise provide financing in exchange for partial or full ownership of the reorganized company. In light of this, the declaration notes the plan is subject to change given ongoing discussions with other parties. Under the standalone transaction memorialized in the debtor's plan, the debtors say that the customers with crypto in their account will receive a combination of the crypto in their accounts proceeds from the TAC recovery, common shares in the newly reorganized company, and Voyager tokens. The plan contemplates an opportunity for customers to elect the proportion of new common equity and cryptocurrency they will receive, subject to certain maximum thresholds, according to the declaration. The plan indicates that account holders could be allocated 100% of the common equity subject to dilution by a management incentive plan and a standalone restructuring. The debtors say they're working with MOLIS to advance transaction structures that may be more beneficial to the debtors and their key stakeholders than any standalone restructuring. Voyager announced on July 1st that its operating platform was temporarily suspending trading, deposits, withdrawals, and loyalty rewards, explaining the decision gave the company additional time to continue exploring strategic alternatives. The July 1st announcement followed the company's prior June 27th announcement that Voyager Digital LLC issued a notice of default to 3 Arrow Capital, or TAC, given its failure to make the required payments on its previously disclosed loan of $15,250 Bitcoin and $350 million U.S. coin. In both announcements, Voyager indicated that it was actively pursuing all available remedies for recovery from TAC, including through TAC's court-order liquidation process in the British Virgin Islands. Scandinavian Airline, SDSAB, and several affiliates filed Chapter 11 petitions on July 5th in the Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of New York. Debtors are experiencing a pilot's union strike and have thus far been unable to obtain critical concessions from aircraft lessors. The company is aiming to restructure more than $9.4 billion in debt obligations, reconfigure its aircraft fleet, and emerge with significant capital injection. The company says that it is in well-advanced discussions with a number of lenders with respect to obtaining dip financing for up to 7 billion Swedish krona, or $700 million US. However, as a consequence of a pilot's union strike initiated on Monday, July 4th, which is expected to result in the cancellation of approximately 50% of scheduled flights for the duration of the strike and the resulting uncertainty and liquidity impact, the debtors were forced to commence the cases prior to securing dip financing commitments. SAS estimates that the strike will cause a loss of $10 million to $13 million daily. Despite filing Chapter 11 earlier than anticipated and without DIP financing firmly in place, the debtors say they remain confident that they will secure the necessary financing to fund the Chapter 11 cases and ongoing operations. The debtors say they expect to complete the process in the near term and return to the court with a request for approval of such financing in the coming weeks. SAS says that its long-term business plan aims to strengthen its financial position and to achieve a sustainable cost structure with an annual cost reduction of approximately 7.5 billion krona. The plan would also raise at least 9.5 billion krona in new equity capital as well as reduce or convert more than 20 billion krona of debt into common equity which the company says a majority is on balance sheet debt, including state hybrid notes, commercial hybrid notes, Swiss bonds, term loans from states, aircraft lease liabilities, and maintenance contract obligations and other executory contract obligations. The debtors also state that a major part of the new equity capital is expected to be brought from new investors, and the intended reductions or convergence of debt to equity and issuance of new shares are expected to result in substantial dilution to existing shareholders. The Talent Energy Debtors, their official committee of unsecured creditors and contract counterparties that oppose the debtor's motion to reject certain retail electricity purchase agreements and related broker agreements, submitted a supplemental briefing on the issue earlier this week. The briefing discusses potential rejection damages claim priority and whether the debtors are entitled to retroactive rejection. Judge Marvin Isger authorized rejection at the June 17 hearing, subject to a later determination on the timing of rejection upon a subsequent order of the court after further briefing. Specifically, the court asked the party to submit briefs on whether the effective date for rejection should be the date of entry of the order or an earlier date, either the pickup date when the customer secured alternative service or the petition date for brokers, and whether the claims accruing in the post-pickup, pre-entry of the rejection order period would be general unsecured claims or administrative priority claims. Energy brokers Richards Energy Group Inc. and URA Inc. and energy customers Masonic Villages of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania and Conestoga Wood Specialties Corp. filed a joint supplemental brief arguing that the rejection date should remain June 17th. Brokers and customers assert that they may have administrative expense claims for the gap period between the petition or pickup date and the ultimate date of rejection, and that by seeking retroactive rejection, debtors are attempting to improperly curtail their rights to assert priority claims. The counterparties maintain that the bankruptcy code requires debtors to perform post-petition under unexpired non-residential leases, giving rise to an administrative expense claim for the post-petition pre-rejection period for a lesser, but is silent on the question as to executory contracts and therefore creates a limbo-like state for contract counterparties. A potential debt restructuring looms as Altera Infrastructure, which had roughly $107 million of liquidity as of March 31st, faces $600 million of scheduled debt repayments over the next 12 months that may force it to brush up against a minimum liquidity covenant in the near term. While the company's cash flow prospects relative to the LTM period have improved largely as a result of an up-tier exchange with owner Brookfield that converted cash-paying debt to pay-in-kind and the roll-off of certain new builds capital expenditures, cash flow might be insufficient to address the company's maturity obligations. Rearck this week analyzed Altera's complex structure and provided a detailed illustrative capital structure and organizational chart. Both the capital structure and organizational chart are based on REORG's estimates using public filings, information on Altera's investor relations site, a June 2018 offering memorandum and the company's House UK database. Any restructuring of the over $3 billion of consolidated debt of the offshore oil and gas services provider, formerly known as TK Offshore Partners and almost entirely acquired by Brookfield in early 2020, would be complicated given that the majority of the debt sits at operating subsidies that are structurally senior to $1 billion of debt at parent entities. In January, sponsor Brookfield, which holds most of Altera's debt at its parent entities following an up-tier exchange completed in the third quarter of 2021, provided a $32 million revolver and amended the parent entity debt it owed to to add certain of the company's operating subsidiaries as guarantors. To meet minimum liquidity requirements, the company may seek to refinance existing debt, raise new capital, and or sell owned assets. The company issued $180 million of 9.5% senior notes in December 2021 to refinance bonds maturing in August 2022. The company says it has historically been able to refinance its vessel-related debt. The company sold the Varg vessel for $22 million in April and has sold various vessels in recent years. To access Reorg's in-depth analysis of Altera, please reach out to a Reorg representative. Top Red Stories this week included Moby argues torches interference claims against Morgan Stanley defendants survive creditor approval of a Concordado plan. Charlotte Judge denies motion dismiss derivative fraudulent transfer suit seeking to unwind DBMP's Texas two-step divisional merger filed by asbestos claimant representatives. Three Arrows filed Chapter 15 in SDNY. Endo skips coupon payment, enters 30-day grace period. Court rules TOYS officers do not breach fiduciary duty over dip financing. Reorg analysis finds recent backstop parties return medium 14% to 28% on commitment. And now here's Kathy from Los Angeles with The Week Ahead.
1: Hello, this is Kathy Ta, and here's the lineup for the week ahead. On Tuesday, July 12th in LADAM Airlines, Judge James Garrity will take up the Arnold and Porter represented ad hoc group of unsecured claimants' request for a stay of the planned confirmation order pending their appeal. Judge Garrity denied a similar request by the TLA claimants, another group appealing the confirmation order, and a bench ruling issued just yesterday. Also on Tuesday, July 12th, in opioid litigation coverage of the San Francisco Bellwether Trial, defendants Allergan, Tubba, Anda, and Walgreens will argue for entry of judgment on the basis that the state of California's case-in-chief failed to present evidence that defendants are liable under public nuisance or unfair competition law theories. On Wednesday, July 13th, the LaForta debtors will ask for final approval of $66 million of dip financing, including $33 million of new money and a one-to-one roll-up of 8.375% senior secured notes held by the dip lenders. Dip providers include Alcentra, the San Bernardino County Employees Retirement Association, Owl Creek, and Banco Nacional de Mexico. The TPC group debtor's dip facility is also up for final approval on Friday, July 15th. The $323 million dip consists of a $200 million replacement ABL facility and $85 million in new money term loans, plus a roll-up of pre-petition senior priority bridge notes and senior priority notes. Judge Craig Goldblatt issued an opinion earlier this week in lean priority litigation in favor of the debtors and against non-consenting noteholders, clearing the way for approval of the roll-up of the debtors 10.875% notes under the dip. That's it for me from Los Angeles on this Friday, July 8th. Fun fact, particularly following the July 4th holiday, on this day in 1776, church bells rang after the first public reading of the unanimous declaration of independence by the first 13 states of the U.S., which included the state of New York. Now back to you in New York. Thank
0: you again for listening to this ReArg Weekly Review. You can find all our podcasts on the Reargue.com webinars and podcast pages, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday.